males are born, men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. With you this week are Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow. I forgot what the saying is. What is the saying? Gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gentlemen, let us begin. Good job, Anthony. As a reminder, you know, for all the news listeners, what we're doing here at the Great Man Podcast, there'll be weeks where Stephen will speak, and we're calling that the talk. So he'll bring up a big subject, some content that all men need to hear, deal with, wrestle with, struggle with, do. And then the next week, the following week, Anthony and I will do what we're calling the build, which will take that content and then we'll build upon it so that you can build yourself so that you can help another man build himself. Exactly. It's pretty straightforward. So it's just alternating it every other week. So Stephen, then us, Stephen, then us. And every once in a while, we'll have a special guest like this week. Coming up on what, Thursday? Friday. Friday. Big George Foreman. <laughs> I like saying it like that. Yeah. But yeah. We had uh, we interviewed George Foreman uh, last week and we're going to air that this Friday, this week, because his movie's coming out. So some good stuff there. Yeah. So he, I'm looking at ESPN. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I see uh, the video of uh, what's his name? Charles Barkley's Charles Barkley, yeah. uh, podcast. And they're talking about big George Foreman and he pops on it's same setting, man. Uh, same shirt. Same shirt. And I can tell that when we were getting ready to do the podcast with him, his uh, his help came on and said, hey, he's running a little late on a podcast that he's doing yeah. before you guys. So, boom, that's the podcast that he was doing before he sat down with us. I'm a little bit perturbed that they got to go first. I mean, who no, is Charles Barkley? No, no, I mean, who is that? No, no, you're looking at it completely <laughs> wrong. Your perspective is so off. Oh, uh, what is it? Yeah. We're like the act, and they're like open for Opening us. Opening act. Yeah, they got him warmed up for us. What was I thinking, man? I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah. They got him going and warmed up. And yeah, and he was ready to go. He was. He. I mean, he came on, and I was looking at him like, oh, we're supposed to start right now. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy, too. I didn't realize we had started, man. I'm popping off and saying some slick stuff, and it's like, hey, we're going. I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, cool. He's on a, he's on a clock, baby. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I will say about what you said originally, uh, you know, that Stephen is going to do one version or a bigger version or a thousand feet. And we're going to come down and do like 10 you, feet. You, wow. A thousand to 10 feet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because what I think about honestly is like him throwing a hundred dollar bill on the table when he uses all those big words. And then we turn it into like nickels and dimes and pennies, man, stuff that you can pick up and carry in your pocket easily. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a coin jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. But you know, last week, so last week he talked about your manly story. Yeah. And he kind of told his, kind of told the reasons why uh, it's necessary and it's good for you to have that. We're going to go over, okay, yes, it's important, but maybe you don't know how to start. Maybe sure. maybe you've thought about it. You've even talked about it, but it, you don't, you haven't arranged the thoughts to where you can do it in, like he said, like an elevator pitch or two to three minutes. And so we're going to just go over some practical things uh, and how to do that. And the first one is, do you, well, you're looking at me. Do you have anything to say before I get started? I mean, I'm just curious, man. Like, I know 
but what about the listeners? Do you like telling stories, man? Yeah. Do, do you I do. fancy yourself a storyteller? Uh, I don't know if I fancy myself a storyteller. I've been told that I know how to tell a story when yeah. I'm publicly speaking. Yeah. Because I'll wrap it into whatever the uh, topic is or yeah. whatever. Uh, but I, I really don't consider myself a storyteller. I can tell a story. Yeah. But man, those, that's a that's an art, man. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife gave me a word, and I think it's kind of fitting for you having watched you speak a lot. But she she goes, I'm the great embellisher. Like I can take something that's pretty mundane and tell it in a way that you think that it's like, oh, grandiose, man. But that's the fun of storytelling, man, that you get to weave a little bit of personality in it. You get to have a little bit of liberty to make the story funny or more impactful. But I think storytelling is fun, man. It's funny. And it's one of the few things that I'll remember from most places I go and hear someone professionally speak. It'll be that story that they use either to warm us up or to make some point right. or to sum it up at the end but i love stories man i just i love hearing stories well like it was said last week i mean from a psychological standpoint we remember story yeah more than we remember you know abc points or one two three yeah we really do remember stories yeah he more said, than more so he said it's the most efficient way for the mind to file and categorize sure. information is sure. through story, which is, you know, again, one of those hundred dollar ideas that I hadn't really thought about. But when you look at it in your life, it's pretty true. Yeah. And I'm going to say this is an in general statement because we're talking about your manly story. You actually have more than one manly story. Mm. You have different things that have happened in your life that you need to surmise and get into story form because I use story when I'm talking to someone and they're going through something and I go through the files in my mind and pick out a situation that I've been through that's similar. Sure. And that's the story I use for that situation because we go through things, gentlemen, and we come out on the other side so that we can help somebody that's going through the same thing. That's the one of the reasons, or it should be one of the great purposes that we have for the struggles and the and the failures and the victories that we've had that yeah. we can tell a story about it and help somebody out of the rut somebody that's stuck and help them out of that and give them hope story should be at the end hope filled because if you can do it i can do it you know and i don't know that you know this jt but there are actually men out there and women too but for this situation men there are men out there that have lived lives and have a story that is like full of really good stuff man sure oh man just like from childhood and the way that they were raised historically time that they spent with their family successes of the time that the family did well you know just all these great things and i I feel like a lot of times that people are expecting that that story, because it's great or because it's positive or because it's clean and clear, that it's not as important as some of the stories that other men have that have come from struggle or dysfunction or all these kinds of big things, man, that are dramatic and dangerous in their lives. And man, I just want to encourage all men, like those stories where guys have lived a life, man, and it's been, you know, good and wholesome and positive things have happened in your life. And as a result of the way that you lived, you're able to enjoy a specific thing right now. Man, I need to hear more of those stories because they help me understand the value of helping my children That's right. have those kinds of stories. And man, you know, dramatic stories and negative stories, 
I mean, there are a lot of times those are impactful, but I don't want my kids to have some big, dramatic, negative history and story. I want them to be able to look back and see, hey, I've learned from these things. My father learned from these. My mom learned from these. So I just want to give you some strength to always share your story and don't feel like because your story is cool and good that it's not powerful because it is because guys like me, I want to hear it. It's the great inheritance that you could leave your children, right? It's not just financial, but a a different story than yours that they didn't have the same struggles. Although I don't believe in saving our kids from struggle. Sure. Because I think it's the struggle that, that makes them who they are. Yeah. I am who I am because of the struggles that I've been through and I've overcome a lot of them. So I don't want to become known as the person who's always struggling either. Sure. I do want to be known as, oh, yeah, he can actually overcome some things. Yeah, and he saw something coming and he was able to dodge it. He doesn't have to walk head into the wall every time. Yeah, that's, yeah. we've said in the past, that's true wisdom. You know, having knowledge knowledge is something I obtain. Wisdom is something I watch your life and go, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that, yeah. <laughs> and you've given me plenty, and I appreciate that. I, I do what I can. I, you're here for us. Yeah, I'm here for so, you. I do want to go over a few practical things. I'll let Anthony, I'll let you comment on these because you, as normal, you don't even know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I just, I went into a, like a little bit of a cold terror <laughs> when I walked in and I noticed that you had uh, index cards in your hand. And How many times have I had index cards? One time, this time. This is it. This is it. So I've never seen it. We'll see if it proves to be right. a good thing or not. So, so as you're thinking about your story, and, and if you go back and listen to Stephen and his story, you'll you'll see that this is kind of the process. I just went back and listened to kind of picked out, okay, this is how he did his story. This sure. is how I do my story. Um, and again, depending on the situation, I want to keep referring to that because you can have childhood stuff that you talk about. You can have financial stuff. You could be an entrepreneur. You could be uh, working at a, you know, a big corporation. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that you can come up with that's a part of your your overall story, but you split them into these little bitty mini stories about your life again so you can help somebody. You know, before we start, did you even talk to Steven about this episode at all? Like, I wonder what is his point uh, or the importance that he feels that a man should be able to share this story? Like, for what specific reason? Yeah, he said it, because if you don't know who you are, how do you know where you're going to go? So you you have we have to be fully aware of our past, our present, so that we can create our future. Got it. So yeah, that's that would be the number one. Cool, I man. think that's the main reason. So here's the first thing that that I think you should look at is choose a specific event from your childhood, and you can simply start the the phrase it like when I was a boy, dot dot dot. Yeah, and you'll notice that Stephen did that. I've done that when. And I can, when I was a boy, I grew up in a great home, but yet my father wasn't there emotionally. Yeah. I just, that's a great start because you got to start somewhere. And usually it is with our childhood, things that have happened, things that were done to us, maybe things that we did ourselves, family situations, divorce. I mean, there's all kinds of situations that you can start with when I was a child, when I was a little boy, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. This happened. Yeah, no, and it's a tough place to go for some people, man. Sure. When I was a boy, they want to talk about when I became an executive. Sure. They want to start in the middle, but it's very important, man, for us to even go back because as we were contemplating this, just sitting at the kitchen table this morning and thinking back, like, what is your earliest memory? 
and just starting there in your head and speaking to yourself, there's power in just remembering. Yeah. Because it lets you know, one, how far that you've come. It lets you remember and have compassion and grace for people that are in similar situations, man. So I, I applaud the whole thought of this manhood story, this manly story, man. Yeah. So you got to choose a specific event that happened. And here, here's a tall tale sign that you've really not dealt with it. Any of these events that have happened, because I've talked to men who can't actually remember. And they would say things like, I can't remember anything about my childhood. Yeah. I mean, I've said that. And it's very true for me, too, for many parts of my life. Yeah. For, so it's those areas, you know, man, that's where I really need healing to take place because I did have a childhood. There were things that happened. There were things that were good. There were things that were great. There were things that were celebrated. There were things that were ignored. There was things where I was abandoned. There was things where I was rejected. There was things where I was accepted. I mean, all of these things that we could make a list of and think back and go, man, here's part of my story that I've not really thought about because I bought into the lie too that I just can't remember my childhood. Yeah. You know, my wife says something, you know how your wife ends up knowing you better than anybody, but she always says, why do all of your significant memories have something to do with food? <laughs> like <laughs> every time I begin to tell a story, like some memory, especially early life memories, yeah. it's tied to some meal or some, some event like that, man. And I was telling her one time about being at this daycare and man, they had this, ham sandwich with this toasted <laughs> butter bread and she was like dude every one of your significant childhood memories have something to do with food and not strangely enough i mean food has always been a problem for me to make sure that it is in its proper place yeah in my life so even as i was making those memories back then somehow you know i was already fixating on food man that's pretty funny that is pretty funny. Yeah. And that's why you're in the business you're in now. Uh, possibly so. I, I mean, didn't even think why, about that, That's man. probably why you were so intrigued when uh, he said it. Like, yeah, dude, I can do that. That's great. Yeah. See? All right. So number one, choose a specific event. Two, choose the main theme that you're trying to, that you're trying to portray. Mm. Is it, is it a fatherless theme? Is it a, I had good parents and a great upbringing theme. It's a particular trauma maybe that you had. Maybe you were sexually abused. Maybe you were verbally abused. Maybe you had great memories about your dad being at your baseball games or football games. Yeah. You know, your grandfather took you fishing or hunt. Your dad taught you how to hunt. I mean, all of these things that you can look back and say, what is the main theme of this mini story that I'm going to tell because when I hear somebody else say something, I'll have something to say. That's great because I didn't think about that. When we were originally talking about this idea, I thought about the one manhood story. But what you're saying is because we run up against so many different situations, yeah. it's good to rehearse some of these things or, or at least have a consciousness about different events and how it played into our lives and how it's been resolved right. uh, in, in this point. So we are, you know, people say a jack of all trades, man, but it's good to know a little bit or have insight into several different areas of the possibilities in men's lives, man. And we do that naturally, I think, sure. when we're talking, Absolutely. but it's good to, to think about how this particular thing might impact someone's life and be prepared for right. him. Yeah. It's like a great movie. I mean, a great movie with a great character and a great story has different plots, has different things going on. It's not just one main thing that's happening. I'm just, again, thinking about George Foreman's movie. I mean, there was a lot of things going on yeah. in that movie that made him who he was. So he's got a lot of these mini stories that he can tell 
but yet at the end of it made this great story. Yeah. So that's all I'm, that's what I'm trying to say is we used to say manhood is beautifully complicated. Sure. And it is, it's a lot of complications. It's a lot of stories. And again, we're just asking you to sit down and think about these things. Think about the stories that you have that you, where you can help somebody. It's funny too, man. Remember George, when we were interviewing him and I don't want to get in front of us, but it kind of coincides with what we're talking about because the movie is about his life. Correct. And he, he said that watching it, he almost forgot that the person on the screen was not him. Is yeah. that a, is that yeah, a, am I right. ruining something? Yeah. You know, and because he was so drawn in to the drama of his own life. And I think sometimes, man, we don't stop enough to think through those moments in our lives and we'll have pride about some things. We'll have joy about some things. We'll sure. have some, you know, regret about some things, but it's all our lives, man. And it, it's important to us, but he had a joy of seeing that his manhood story, his manly story was being told and conveyed. And there is a joy, even when we share ourselves with other people, man, yeah. to be able to give a piece of ourselves, like the greatest gift, the greatest feeling that we have is when we give to somebody, like we share our wisdom with somebody. And when we can do that through our own lives and our own stories, it's not wisdom that we've gained through some book. It's what we've gained through life and we can speak to it with certainty. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I always say that our life is things, our experiences and that we, but books give us language to talk about it. Mm. It's, uh, that's why, you know, I remember one time that uh, I sent something to Stephen. I'd written something and sent it to him to to read and to look at. And he sent it back to me. And I thought, did did Jesus write on my paper? Because it has so many red, red lines and red notes. I was like, good gracious. He said, you need to expand what you read so that you can change the voice in your head. Mm. Meaning that if you read poetry, if you read you know, uh, historical books, if you different kinds of literature, that it expands the vocabulary in your head and your voice when you write changes. Man, that's incredible. So the book actually helps expand your vocabulary so that you can tell a better story. Right. And that's the importance of, of both. Okay. Uh, so three, number three, choose the insight that you gained. Mm. So identify the lie. So this is a part of gaining insight. We say all the time that anytime there's a trauma, there's a lie associated with it. Right. That the dark voice or the enemy wants to come in and say, this happened to you because of, and it's typically because you did something. Sure. Even as a kid, we take on that, but that blame, but there's insight gained when we come out of that and we look back and say, oh, I believed a lie for quite a long time. For instance, I'll give an example for this. When I was a child, my innocence was lost at six years old. The lie that was attached to that losing of my innocence from an older, uh, from a babysitter was that my parents cannot protect me. Mm. Then it went from my parents cannot protect me to any authority figure can't protect me. So therefore I can't trust anybody to protect me. So I have to protect myself. And so I became this kid from an early age that didn't trust mm -hmm. and just thought, okay, I got to do all this myself. Now I look back at, at it now and go, well, that's the most idiotic thing for a <laughs> seven year old kid to say or an eight year old kid. But nonetheless, it was the lie that I believed and it yeah. was inserted into that wound. And when it, a lie inserts into the wound and you don't take care of the lie, the wound never heals. It's like an infection. It's always there. And you know it's there when somebody talks about it or somebody like a wound and they touch it and you go, hey, hey, you know, don't, 
that hurts. Don't touch that. So emotionally or psychologically, when somebody touches it and we snap at them or there's something that rears up in us, we just know that, hey, maybe that's not been healed yet. Yeah. The insidious thing and in, in like the the most powerful thing, I guess, if you could say it that way about a lie is it always has this microscopic piece of truth in it sure and then it gets expanded and we can go back like to the original sin and how there was a microscopic piece of truth in what the serpent said but then he expanded around it but it's so funny that you say that because a lot of times man we will get into these things and we'll figure out the lie and they make perfect sense because you needed to learn that there were situations that you need, you needed to put your senses up, your spidey senses, so to speak, or you need to be uh, uh, aware of what the potential is of things happening, happening around you. But yet and still, you're not always able to do it all alone. And I think a lot of men, that is our gut reaction. When we figure out that we haven't been protected or we've been harmed in some way, we take on this powerful thing that we can do it all on our own. And we don't look to anyone else for support, which is lousy as well. Yeah. You said something that reminded me is it's not the lie that you have to be concerned about as much as the almost truth. Mm-hmm. Because there there is all of this sort of truth wrapped up into the lie. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to distinguish, okay, is that is that the lie or is that the truth? And I think it takes Again, this takes a lot of work. Um, this You and I both understand that it takes, this is not something that you read a book or you read a quote and then the next morning you get up and go, man, I'm different. Yeah. So this takes some work. And good practice, I guess, too, on your manly story is being open and available just in the relationships that you have. Yeah. Because as you begin to share some of these truths or traumas or victories and stuff, you'll get feedback and conversation. It will help you understand better what it is you actually think about it and what you've gained from it, where it'll help you uh, convey it better to to other people. But you have to get out there and start doing it. You can't, you can't just go from cold Turkey. You have to practice being authentic and available and open and sharing your life and your story. Yeah. True. So that leads us to what number am I on? I'm on number four. Number four is, is um, start with a sentence that captures the listener. And this can be very simple. This can say, you can do things like, when I was a boy, my whatever, or after I went bankrupt. So if you're talking with somebody that's in a financial situation, you go, well, after I went bankrupt, trust me, you have their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I didn't mean to cheat on her. And then wow. if you're dealing with somebody that's that has there's unfaithfulness or some moral issues, you know, it's starting out with something that, man, I, you know, I understand because I didn't mean to cheat on my wife. And yeah. You have their attention. And again, this is why these little mini stories within the manly story is so important so that you can have a conversation around a lot of different situations that you find yourself in with other people yeah. and their situations. Yeah, because the whole idea of communicating is to get people to listen. And if your story drones on, it doesn't have any impact or the way that you tell it doesn't have anything that draws me in, you're just kind of a talking head over there yeah. and I'm not con- you know, picking up on anything that you're putting down. So that's powerful too, man, that we need to think about how we're going to approach the subject yeah. and who it is. And then at times too, you get more of a natural ability to gather that together, even on the spot. Sure. And you'll say the right thing in that moment. Yeah. And because sitting down and thinking about this and getting the skeleton or the, or the substructure of a story allows you to 
embellish on it in each situation. Right. Because at least you have the foundation in place and then, okay, I can frame a bunch of stuff on, on top of that, but at least I know this basic two to three minute elevator pitch story or mini manly story that I yeah. have depending upon the situation. Not when I'm mean embellish, I don't mean, cause you're looking at me like I was telling everybody to lie. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. That's something new right there, man. Maybe that's that's my own guilt right there. Yeah, I'm plugged in, man. I'm just listening to you talk, man. For once. But but what I mean, it is not lie. It is pick the part of the stories that really help that situation. Yeah. That's what I mean, embellish. Yeah. Okay. Number five, use descriptive words to paint a picture. Now, this is what I mean by this. and, And Stephen actually does a great job of this. Here's here's a sentence you could say. My father was absent. Doesn't do anything. It's a fact, but it doesn't help paint a picture. Or you could say, my father was a good man. He was a man full of integrity, yet was emotionally absent from my life in my formative years. Crap. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so because, again, the, the point of communicating is to draw somebody right. in. So that they'll listen to your story so they can take away whatever you want them to take away from it. If it's hope, if it's uh, a way to get out, whatever. Very good. Is that it? That's all you got to say about that? I mean, it's good. I'm here. I'm running it over in my head right now trying to punch mine up a bit. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, just try to paint a picture for the listener so that it draws them in and they get the point that you're trying to make. Because if you don't, here's what happens then they, they're they not daydreaming. They're thinking about what they're going to say. And so then they stop listening to your story. Hmm. So you want to make it in such a way to where you keep them. Because remember, this is only, we're only talking two to three minutes. So you keep, you keep hammering this down because it started out three to four, or I think five, and now we're down to freaking two. No, I've this, always this is, said, don't be trying to put that on me. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? You, you yeah. want to, keep their attention for at least two to three minutes. Sure. Uh, and maybe I'm getting it confused because we have a thing called the two minute miracle. Two minute miracle. Yeah. And then Steven says the three minute, the elevator pitch in three minutes. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? So uh, use descriptive words to paint a picture. And lastly, number six, and the, again, this is not an exhaustive list, but this is just kind of a skeleton, a, a small structure to help you get started. Number six is end with the lesson you learned or you're in the process of learning. And the reason I say in the process of learning, because sometimes we want to wait to tell our story until we have the victory in it. And sometimes it's just as good to tell your story when you're in the midst of it, hmm. because it the point of the story is to help somebody. So you may be in the struggle and somebody comes across and they're in the beginning stages of the struggle. So you can actually give them some direction, maybe not hope yet, but at least direction into maybe what they should do or more importantly, what they shouldn't do because maybe you hadn't done it right. Yeah. And I guess there's two reasons possibly too that a man might be sharing his manly story. One is I'm sharing my story for the hope of getting feedback and help in creating how this thing can end up in a positive manner. Maybe I haven't actually gotten to that place where my story ends in a victory or my story ends in uh, me somehow figuring out 
the right direction I need to go. Maybe I'm just verbalizing it or asking for help. Right. And then there's the other side of it where the whole point is after having heard what a, what a man is going through, you begin to tell your manly story. And the whole idea is to end with how it was resolved. Yeah. So I guess there's two different ways that you could be planning on telling your story because we need to be in the habit of talking about things that we haven't figured out either. That's correct. We need to be able to go to men and go, man, I am stuck and this is how I got here. So we don't have to always feel like we need to come to the party, you know, with a full bag and gifts, man. Sometimes we come lacking and we're hoping that somebody else can help us end our story in a positive way. We're going for advice. Well, the person you're talking to may actually have the answer for you. Yeah. And so that's why it's important, again, not to just wait all the time until you have the victory. Yeah. But just, and this is a part of, you know, a band of brothers too. You know, a lot of times we're not talking about our victories. We're talking about, man, I'm in the midst of this. Yeah. How in the heck do I deal with this? You know, that's, I am creating my story as I'm talking and it's easier to remember when I do have my victory and when I do come out, sure. go, you remember when we were talking and I told you all that stuff, well, man, let me tell you what happened. Yeah. Right. It, it just continues to be a part of the story and it helps you remember. That's great, man. So let me go over these one more time in order without interruption. Why are you looking at our producer? He hadn't said a word the whole time. <laughs> I said, I, I'm not looking at him, I promise. No, no, uh, just if you're taking notes or you want to hear these again. Here's okay, let me get it out right now. Okay. Okay, now I'm done. I just need to interrupt you real fast. Don't, don't steal my move. Okay. That's my move. One, choose a specific event from your childhood. And you can start that sentence like, when I was a boy, when I was a child. Number two, choose the main theme of this particular mini story. Was it about you being fatherless? Was it about you having a great father? Was it about your father teaching you how to fish or hunt? Was there a particular trauma that you went through? So you have to choose the main theme of this story, this mini story within this manly story that you want to tell. Three, choose the insight you gain. Maybe the insight is you identify the lie that was attached to that trauma, or you can identify the healing process that you went through to get over that trauma. Number four, start with a sentence that captures the listener. And this could be, when I was a boy, my dot, 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 or after I went bankrupt, dot, 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 or I didn't mean to cheat on her, but, and continue the story. These are just small beginning statements that can help capture the person that you're trying to talk to and keep their attention. Number five, use descriptive words to paint a picture. Again, we talked about not being just so direct. My father was absent, but yet giving some context about your father and about the emotional state and about, about when it happened in your formidable years. And finally, number six, end with the lesson you've learned or that you're in the process of learning. Again, Man, those these, are great. Yeah, these are not, again, this is not an exhaustive list, but just as I was listening to Stephen talk, this is just kind of what I came up with. The framework. Help, yeah, to help. It's great to give you the framework to put your story together. And again, yes, your manly story can be in a general story, but we also want you to dial down into these little mini manly stories that these lessons that you've learned throughout your life and Perfect. be ready to be able to give someone some hope or at least give someone some direction or 
advice, counsel, whatever. And if you're like Anthony and I, most of it is, well, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> don't. The blooper reel is massive. Absolutely. Let me tell you what I did. So as long as you stay away from that, you'll be good. <laughs> so guys, take those six things, sit down, like Stephen said, sit down and really think about it. This could be over a coffee, over a stogie, or a bourbon, whatever you do to, to just sit down to quiet in your mind so you can think through these things and say, what is my story? What is my story about my childhood? What is my story about my father, my mother? What traumas happened? What victories happened? Where was, where was it great, you know, that my dad did this, he took me fishing, hunting, whatever. Sit down and think about those things. Perfect. And write them out because this is a part of the art of great manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your man's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.